racist? Why do we party? Why do we back that ass up on random niggas? That probably stink. But we can't tell because they just showered before they got to the club. But, but most of the time, they probably have bad hygiene. You ever think about that? That the club is the one time where you pretend to be someone that you're most likely not. That you're most likely not. Why are we going to the club, y'all? Y'all, fuck this shit. Please, come with me. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something real beautiful. Come here. Come on. Lay down with me. You guys, fuck it. I'm not going nowhere. A.K.A. Aobis White, A.K.A. I'm not going no fucking where. Um, welcome, welcome. I missed you all. I'm just so excited to rap with you. Um, you know, this post-Super Bowl Monday. Not that I give a fuck about the Super Bowl. A bitch didn't watch uh, a commercial, a halftime performance, uh I don't even know what comes before it. Do they have, like, you know, red carpet? I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Um, And you know what's so funny about it is, like, I see, I saw a lot of people, basically everyone. Actually, I did see some gays do, like, watch, like, Drag Race and other things, but... um, I did see a lot of people posting and tweeting and stuff about it. And, you know, I was kind of like, well, what happened to all this NFL shit? Like this NFL drama, this beef, this, you know. And I get it. I'm not even trying to be the woke police. Like, I don't actually, like, when I tell you I don't give a fuck, like, I don't care about that. I don't care about J-Lo. I don't care about Shakira. Even though whenever, whenever, whatever, was a bop. It was a bop. You know what I'm saying? And I, I personally... I knew some girls that kind of, you know, were inspired to play with, to experiment with their sexuality as a result of her. Like, you know, shout out to Shakira. We love her. Um, you know, and JLo's who she is. And, you know, we love, you know, but I don't care, you know, so I don't. Yeah, so I didn't. But what, but, you know. Shout out to those who did care. A lot of folks did care. I had somebody ask me on Sunday morning, like, well, are you are you going to parties tonight? Like, are you going to parties? I lied because, you know, I can tell she wanted me to say yes. And, like, I didn't, you know, I just wanted to get my tips. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to my friends. I'm not going to a party, but I'm going to, like, a bar with my friends knowing, fully knowing that I was going to stay my ass home. 
which brings me to the soundbite that I opened with. You know, it'd been a while since I opened with my personal queen, Ari Lennox. I love her so much. I love her music. I love her personality. I don't know her, but I love at least her social, her presence on social media. It'd been a while since I, you know, paid respect to her. So um, I did today. And what she said, like, fully exemplifies and explains why the fuck I don't be out. That plus the fact that I don't got no monies. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of like, okay, I start out really wanting to go out. Like, it's not even like I'm lying or when I say that, you know, I'm going and then I change my mind. Like, it's not that I don't want, like, I start out, there is a point in time that my ass really, really wants to go. Like, and when I want to go somewhere, like, I want to go. So, what happens with me is, like, I will miss the pregame. Like, if I'm going to have to be social, then I'm probably going to have to pregame it. And if I miss the pregame window, then... I'm probably not going because then I'll have to talk too much and do too much. And I'm like not under enough of the influence to do that authentically. And then sometimes I might drink too much, not to the case, not to the position or like to the point where I'm drunk, you know, but it'll be like, I'll drink to the point where the practicality of me going out is in question. So it's like, are you really about to go pay more money? You got a whole handle here. Like you got liquor in the house. The music that you play for yourself is bomb. It's exactly what you're in the mood for. You know, ain't you know you ain't gonna meet no niggas out here that's worth the time. So you might as well just stay and 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 watch TV or dance. You know, Billy Idol it, um, and just Billy Idol it. Or you know, you can call a homie, y'all can go get a drink. But see, then you're spending money, so you might as well you know go to their house if they live no, close by, or just stay in your own. Or, you know, in my case, because I struggle with insomnia a lot of the time, it's like I should take a melatonin and just try to go the fuck to sleep. You know, I should pop me a 10 milligram melatonin in and go to bed. Um, enough of dots. I wanted to just shoot this shit with y'all. You know, it's been a while since I just shot this shit, you know. Um, but there, I did want to just... Double back on you know the condolences that I gave last week on to Kobe. I think to Kobe, well, really to his family, Vanessa Bryant and the girls and everyone else. You know, I was unaware that online there was a community of people deciding to bring up like his history of like a, like the whole sexual assault thing from a long time ago i was unaware of that community like i didn't know that was a thing um until i talked to one of my friends about it who told me that there was a contingent of people really bringing that shit up and you know a lot transpired in my heart as I was learning about these motherfuckers. Like, initially, it was, you know, there is a bit of a hood code where it's like if someone dies, you know, you just let, 
you know, you don't disrespect the dead or say anything that's honorable about the dead. I don't subscribe to that. I mean, I used to, and I think part of my emotional life is like that. But, you know, just if you do trash shit, just because you died, that doesn't mean we have to all of a sudden rewrite history. Like, I'm not a fan of rewriting history. I'm not a fan of that shit. Like, fuck that. Like, you know, you trash. Just because you dead, I mean, you're just buried trash, right? You're trash that's six feet under, but you're trash, you know? So, like, you know, I'm not that kind of a person. However, I don't, I think the world of, hmm, let me see if I should say that. I think that although sexual assault and these things are very, very serious and they are, they are traumatizing and they can ruin a person's life, you know, partic- particularly if that person doesn't have a community around him or her or doesn't know anything about, you know, mental health resources or things like that, like, I know that it's ruinous. I don't think... That a one-time sexual assault thing from 20 years ago or 15 years ago is enough to shit on someone as they died in an accident with their daughter. Like, I just don't... Like, to me... You know, it'd be one thing if we were talking about him, like, losing a finger or, like, him having a... You know, like, he took some L's about, like, career L's in terms of, like, people being like, why the fuck are you winning an Oscar for, like, your story? You know, things like that, okay, but when you die with your child in an accident, I just don't feel that I should be... Like, the, the, the tragedy of your death should not be lessened by one crime that you did. Pretty much any crime, but there are some, like, hein- like if it's a heinous, you know, I don't want to... I just emotionally, it just felt wild to me that people were out here doing that. And then I thought more about it, and it's like, as a survivor myself... When I see communities online do things like this, because it happens all the time, and and sometimes in my and this is just my opinion, sometimes it's warranted. Like there were folks talking about Triple X or whatever extension. I don't never knew his name or whatever, but for what he was accused of, like abusing his pregnant wife or pregnant girl, like that kind of stuff. And of course, in that situation, he wasn't given the gift of time. So it was very recent, the allegations and the charges and the horrors that he had done to the, to his passing. So, you know, we couldn't speak about him being changed, his work, you know, any kind of balancing the scales of justice, any kind of retribution. There was no time for that. Um, so a lot of people were just really triggered by the fact that people were honoring someone that sexually abused, raped and abused, like all like, you know, his pregnant girl, like, and that I was okay with. I was okay with people charging him up and his people up. I really did not care that much about the family that 
suffered his loss. Like I remember watching it on on Twitter play out, and people were like, "Well, even if he did, even if he was a horrible man, like his mom is still grieving his his her loss of her son, and you know we should respect her." And I and I wasn't participating in the Twitter thing because I don't really do that. But in my heart, I was kind of like, "Yeah, that's true." But we she's also had to. She did this privately, but assuming that she's, you know, a good person, she was probably also grieving and mourning the fact that her son was abusing women. Like, he, she's been grieving her son before he died, you know? Like, she's been grieving and been mourning him because of the horrible shit that he did that's now public. So, you know... I this whole conversation about respecting her newfound grief, like I'm just not really here for. But in the case of, I really think if you're, well, let me not go that far because I was about to go ham on the people that were bringing it up in Kobe's case. Here's what I'll say: pain, trauma, the state of not being healed. Those collective energies manifest themselves in a variety of ways. A lot of people that have pain that they have not resolved are unable to look at the humanity and the tragedy associated with this type of death and act out that pain online. Or they acted out in real life, but in the case of Twitter and this bullshit, it manifests online. It's a whole nother life. They give this unresolved pain a life form. It's like the go it's like a ghost or some kind of like ghoul or some just evil spirit that is digital, but it's a representation of your on the fact that you are not healed. And It is not fair to make new victims because you are not healed. It is not fair to make, you know, a monster out of someone who potentially wasn't one. It is not fair to lash out and take out your anger on people or in the witness of people, of children that are mourning their father, right? Like... It's crazy. And I just, you know, yeah, I personally think it's disgusting to bring up anything negative in this case. Um, Yeah, and I just really wanted to say that. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that of me, but it was kind of just like one of those things that needed to be said. And, you know, something similar about this, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on pain and how people deal with pain and how that itself is a criterion for my next relationship. And even for myself as a lover, because I reflect on my last relationship, and that's probably, I would say... 
of the way of the things I did wrong in that relationship. Granted, I don't really think there's that many. I mean, there are things, but um, I think it was interesting or it was really dangerous and nasty how my pain and how my not being healed from things in the relationship, how it manifests itself and how because I never... I couldn't fully heal where I was or in that dynamic. It took on new, new, like new evils, you know, or new levels of callousness or new levels of detachment or, you know, new ways to be absent. And at the time, I mean, I was much younger. I mean, I started that relationship, it'll almost be five years. The beginning of it was five years ago. It's closer to four years ago. But it was a long time ago, at least particularly in gay life, child. That was like a decade, two decades ago in gay life. But I didn't really think about how I dealt with pain, how I dealt with stress, and how that changes me as a lover, as a friend. Now I think, okay, not only do I have to be aware of like how I deal with shit and both pain and stress because they're not quite the same, I also want to be with a partner that either has a, a, a mechanism that is compatible with mine or knows his shit. Because a lot of times, you know, you know, and I think... When I think about my bullshit and what I'm looking for, even though, like I said, I'm not really looking, but what I'm kind of open to is self-awareness being key. I mean, self-aware, I'm, my problem is that I'm too motherfucking nice, even though y'all probably are like, nah, nigga, you not. But I'm very accepting of people. Like, too much to the point where if people, if somebody comes to me and they know themselves and they know the tea and they're being honest and being, then I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I can work with that. Or like, yeah, cool. Because that honesty, that integrity, that self-awareness, that is attractive to me, you know, and that is something that I can fuck with. And, you know, I can build a relationship, build a life with someone who's like that. So a lot of times I'm like, I don't really, really have crazy criterion that's like oh what the fuck like i need out of this person um but at the same time i kind of want someone (laughs) i'll be lying i'll be lying i kind of want someone who deals with pain In a way that doesn't strike me as, well, deals with pain in a way that I can trust. And like, I know this is kind of fucked up, but I don't want, I want to believe that this person has healed or has confronted it. So I need to see or hear something that convinces me that it is being confronted. I I think over time, I think over time I've developed a distrust for 
the way men deal with pain and the way men like the by men i mean just like the standard of masculinity this whole like stoicism this whole you know i'm not going to show my shit blah blah, blah, blah. i'm gonna deal with it by myself i'm gonna i think i've i think i've just learned to distrust it so if someone told me if the man tells me that he's handling it but this is actually true for women as well i'm gonna get i mean i hope i don't forget that point but it's like the stoicism, I just don't believe that it's actually being handled. And it's not that I need tears and crying and all of that. But there's a certain way you move through life that lets me know that you are dealing with your shit. There are certain things you say that are going to let me know that you're dealing with your shit. And I need to... I need to be part of that. I need to witness that or I don't fuck with it. And, you know, a simple, you know, being cute about it isn't going to work for me. Um, and what the point that I kind of, you know, put to the side was stoicism is associated often with masculinity. But even to take it outside of gender, it's also the case that people can be so emotionally expressive and still not be processing their pain in a constructive way just because you cry and you sob and you yell and you do all of this just because you are giving me something physical it doesn't mean that you're that you know you're an emotionally intelligent person. It doesn't mean that you are found the way to healing, that you found the way to, you know, catharsis. Assuming that all of that crying and carrying on is cathartic, assuming that. Because a lot of that could be performance. And not just, if it, not even that is performance, but a lot of times acting up and carrying on, and I shouldn't say it this way, but whatever, acting up and carrying on just mounts on itself as negative energy. Like, remember when we were kids and like, you know, sometimes like if you were angry and you started being angry or started like crying or something, it just got worse and worse and worse. Like it didn't ever, like it took a long time for it to, to sort of calm down. And if you had somebody there that was like, you know, breathe or, you know, cause that's the nature of panic. The nature of a lot of these things is that like it mounts on itself and the body kind of betrays itself and goes into this fight or flight because you didn't walk your body back from the ledge, you know, and you kept going down this physical response. And then before you know it, you can't breathe somewhere. And that's not like, that doesn't mean that you are processing anything. I mean, in fact, like, I doubt that someone in that state is actually processing it. I had well, I can't, there's a story that I really want to tell that I can never tell because, like, the person that it applies to, it's just too personal. But I have an example of that um, that is, like, when I witnessed this person have such a visceral, guttural response and the language that was used around the, you know, around the response, 
That was when I realized that this person actually hadn't healed at all. That this person has, you know, really put their current life together on lies and fantasies and half-truths about how good they're doing and what their struggles and their triumphs were. And, you know... I realized that it was because this person was so emotional that they were able to get away with it. Because niggas will, niggas will cry, like people will cry and then act like because they cry, they're the most emotional, they're like the more emotional developed one. They're the most in touch with their emotions they're because they've cried and you have not. And it's kind of like, mm, Sometimes it's the same niggas that cry that can't control themselves, that that have not dealt with their traumas and end up reproducing the behaviors that, you know, that have got that came out of that traumatized place. It's really funny because, or rather I shouldn't say funny. It's really interesting because there was a section of my life where I was really hoodwinked by the emotional nigga. You know, like, I was like, oh, I love me an emotional nigga. I love him. You know, if he's, you know, if he's just, can, is, you know, brimming with that emotional, that unstable-ass energy. And, I mean, I shouldn't do that because, but I feel like y'all know, If I think women probably know this more than even gay men, but this is for, for the women. Y'all know the kind of nigga that I'm talking about. The one who's cute, all right? So he's cute. He may or may not be pretty, but he cute. And he's silly, and he makes you laugh because he doesn't care about what anyone thinks of him. And he's like appears to be very loyal to you and very secure in himself. Um, And, you know, he makes fun of you for not being emotional. Like, he laughs louder than you. He, you know, cries all the time and he comes to you in tears and you just love him because you love that he's transparent, so you think... And you love that he his emotions are so close to the surface. It makes you feel like you can trust him. And that emotional life, the fact that everything is so visible and so vibrant, so intense, you you know, it it's it's it feels like this person's really alive. Only to find out that this person has, you know buried a lot of the things that this person has no control over their emotional life. And what they do is they, and I'm not saying all of these niggas are like that, but what they do is that they they create very controlled relationships and very controlled dynamics such that they can show a predictable amount of emotional range. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like, 
they want to be the caretaker and you and they want to be able to take care of you because they cannot trust themselves or their own emotion, their own ego if the roles were any other way, for example. So the moment that the roles are another way, the moment that something there's a crack in the perfection that they their perfect dynamic that they've set up, they are not trustworthy. They are not just like they will follow their emotions and do whatever because there is a discipline to relationship and there's a discipline to reacting to imperfection and reacting to insecurity. There's a discipline in knowing what to do when you are triggered. You know, there's a discipline to healing and the, the people that are the stoic that is often crit- criticized for you know not giving enough has at least learned the discipline to these things even if they don't do them you know even if they might go too far but they've learned that the person that's an emotional you know live wire or whatever this person has does not have the discipline particularly at a young age to weather some of these storms you know what i mean and then you suffer no, 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 no. And obviously, like, I still enjoy an emotionally intelligent person. I love an emotionally expressive person. I love, like, some these things are hallmarks of, like, pos- they are positive. But I think now an emotional discipline, a sort of moderation, if you will, like, is what I look for um, or what I'm kind of sort of looking for. Um, Yeah, so this is also the beginning of my birthday month. And, you know, this is winding the episode down, but I do shout out to all my February babies. I do want to shout us out. Um, I want y'all to, you know, get fucked if that's what you want, get money if that's what you want. Um... Find God, you know, whatever, whatever you need. This is your month. This is for us. We gonna turn it up. I'm in the middle of planning my birthday shin dig. Well, my mom is actually planning it, so shout out to her. But I'm doing some little things on my own, and that's been a beautiful process. I'm very, very I'm excited to have people in my home, but you know, I don't really do um, because I don't like niggas in my house, but I think it's going to be, you know, (laughs) Um, I'm excited for this one occasion. Um, Yeah, but it's weird because the party that I wanted to go to after... There's a bar that's in Bedside that I really like. It's called... Well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't gas it up. I don't really like it. I've been sometimes... I've been to some parties there, and I've had a good time the few times that I went. And um, the party that they're having on my birthday... Well, the night of my birthday is a Lady Gaga party, and I can't do it. I love Gaga. I do. But I cannot do... A white gay Gaga party. Um, I can't. So now I'm looking. I'm gonna have to hit the streets this weekend to see, you know, 
what the what the streets are doing. The only problem with my birthday is that it's really close to Valentine's Day. I was actually supposed to be born on Valentine's Day, and then I think God knew better. God was like, you know what? The way His heart is set up. We need to just let let let's move it a couple of days, um, but I feel like um, yeah. I mean, so that makes dinner sometimes complicated. It makes you know certain friend get-togethers complicated because you want your friends that are in relationships to like live their romantic truths or be their romant you know their best romantic lives or whatever. But at the same time, you don't actually give a fuck about any of it. So you're kind of like, well, my birthday's here. Are we getting drunk or not? You know. Um, but yeah, it's going to be beautiful. I need to get my outfit together. Um, I, I wanted to get myself some titties for my 30th birthday. And you know... I kind of achieved it. Like, I don't have titties, titties. Like, they, they are coming in. They came in, but they're not, like, they're not where they need to be. And that's my only thing. It's like, I, it's going to take me years to build titties, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with it. But it's going to take me years to build titties. And then the issue is, like, I'm also afraid to lose to cut too much fat, because I was thinking about just slimming down um, for this for summer and things, because you know, there's several, I got weddings and trips and things for the summer. I was like, I can cut some fat. But then if I do that, I might lose too much cakes, and you know, I don't want like a muscle cake. Like I like the cakes to have a little fat on the on the undercuppage, you know, there'd be a little something. So I'm conflicted, but just pray for me, y'all. Um, Pray for the titty journey. Pray to keep the cakes where they are. Pray for my coins, because I'm going to spend a lot of coins, not really on my birthday, but on just things. And, um, yeah, I pray for your coin. You know, I pray for abundance all over, abundance and friendship and love and just beauty and, you know, yeah, community. I pray and uplift community. Shout out to Black History Month and I will talk to y'all next week.